Welcome back to the No More Leadership BS podcast, where we don't hand out BS, but the wisdom of five of the greatest minds, in my opinion, at least four, and experience in the leadership world. I'm Myra Hall, and I'm here today with with the three Jeffs, Jeff Geyer, Jeff Conroy, and G. Off McLaughlin, and Dr. Sam, who keeps us on the straight and narrow. So... (laughs) No pressure there, Dr. Uh, Sam. No pressure at all. Keeps us going in the right path and hands out topics and is just our all-around rubber band that keeps us together. So anyway, today I've been thinking about the last topic that that we discussed on last week's podcast about how to build a new culture and or change your culture or what you need to do. And the topic comes up often about diversity and inclusion. And when we think about diversity, how often do we think race, gender, age, all of the things that that define us in different categories. And so often we forget about the diversity and the importance of different personalities. Now, there has been studies out there done that that have proven that having a diversity of gender, say, can actually raise your profitability by 25%. And I believe it's McKinley is who did that. But it's a great study and is it points us in the right direction of why we should do that. But the first question I want to throw out to you as leaders, I am sure that you've run into different types of personalities, the kind that you love right (laughs) off, the kind that rub you completely the wrong way. And what are some of the problems of not acknowledging the value of different personalities coming together? What are some of the problems that it can cause and what are we missing? Dr. Sam, we're going to start out with you because you're a deep thinker, you're well-read, and you have tons of experience. What do you think some of the problems? Yeah. (laughs) What do you think some of the problems um, that would present themselves that we may not notice because it is a diversity of personalities? First problem that comes to mind is the homogeneity. So we're all talking about the same things. We're asking the same kinds of questions. We've all got the same kinds of answers. It's very cozy and cuddly and comfortable. It doesn't move the needle like it should. If you've got some other kind of personalities that maybe disagree or are contrarian for the sake of just being flying the ointment, but really like from a different point of view, that only helps people think things through differently uh, because we can have a heated agreement and that's fun. But if there's an actual debate, then chances are decent. You see something from a point of view you hadn't previously considered. Doesn't mean you change your mind. It means you consider a new point of view. If it's solid, you're like, okay, shoot. Now we have to think about how we're doing what we're doing. If all we have is a bunch of folks sitting around agreeing, slapping each other in the back. Yeah, that's a great weekend activity. Not good to run an organization. Yeah, that's absolutely true. We don't grow unless, unless we expand, unless we're stretched. And if you're not considering others point of view or their personalities, then we can't possibly grow all we do is defend ourselves and we all know what happens when defenses set in conversation growth 
stops. And that is not a good team situation. Mr. Geyer, tell me about the personalities that you've encountered that just seem to keep the boat rocking. Uh, that's a good, that's a good question, Myra. And the first thing that jumps to mind um, is that as a leader, the boat is always going to be rocking. And in fact, early on in my career, I had a mentor. He's long since gone. He was an entrepreneur and owned many businesses, retail and others. And I was lamenting to him one day. I was just a really young pup and and lamenting to him about this whole thing that, God, the, the boat just seems to always be rocking with these people. Just it's tough to handle. And he looked right at me and he said, Jeff, a calm sea does not make a skilled mariner. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing is that mindset as the leader, your mindset has to be, look, I, I know the sea's not always going to be calm. I know the boat is going to rock. And and so with that knowledge mindset approaching the the times where the people seem to wantingly want to rock your boat makes it a little easier. Number two is I changed my mindset too early on. And and for new leaders or young leaders listening to this today, this is key. Take it from me. I, I learned it the hard way that I wanted to mold everybody. I thought everybody had to be in my mold that as the leader, they had to do what I wanted them to do. And they had to be the way I wanted them to be. And they had to do what I wanted them to do. And I'm here to tell you that's wrong. You can do it if you want, but it won't work. It didn't work for me. It hasn't worked for anybody else. It won't work for you. And so the mindset has to be to embrace this, what we call today diversity. And diversity really is just the individual people, their skills and experience, and education and their personality and their disc behavioral profiles and all that stuff is unique to them and adds and can add and does add value to your organization. But without the mindset that this diversity, this uniqueness in each one of our team members actually brings value to our company, you'll have the mindset I had before, which isn't going to work. So Inclusion part, I think, starts for me anyway, with changing, with setting my mindset correctly that everybody is unique and everybody has value and everybody can bring value to our organization. That is, it's so spot on. And it just brings up the question in my mind is when you realize that it's not working, I think you had an awesome mentor because at the be able to have somebody that has experience to be able to bring you along as a leader is just invaluable. What other mistakes would a leader, especially new leaders, make when they realize that this isn't working? What other mistakes would they notice? Symptoms, if you would, of Mm. somebody that is trying so hard to be the great leader, but is not taking this into consideration. Again, Myra, um, I can use my experience. The mistake I made was not understanding and recognizing that when things were going wrong, it was because of me, not because of someone Mm -hmm. else, right? I didn't own. I was the leader, the designated CEO. 
but I didn't own the responsibility for the the overall culture in the organization. And and because the culture was wacky and I didn't know what I was doing, um, we weren't maybe as successful as we otherwise could have been. Or certainly we, we became successful because here's the key. I learned, I I talked to other people. We we call those other people coaches today. Back then they were mentors and friends and and that kind of stuff. The mistake I made was I didn't understand that it was my responsibility, my fault, if you want to say it that way, that when we weren't successful, it was because of me as the, the leader and I was the one that needed to change, not everybody else. And, and, and to piggyback off that, I think better leaders come to that epiphany. It's those better leaders that, are, that figure out, this isn't working right for me. Something's not right. I've told the story of standing in front of my team and I, I, I work really hard to create all these charts and graphs and matrices and things like that. And I'm looking back and I see a room full of glazed over eyes because they're not bought in. So I was not communicating to them properly the way they wanted to hear it, but I also wasn't listening. And that's really a skill that leaders need is to listen because people are interesting. I've always taken the bent that if someone's willing to call me and scream and yell at me or come into my office and scream and yell about something, they've been thinking about it for a while. So I want to hear what they've got to say. Now, I'll give them a time limit. Okay. If, I'm not going to let them just come in there and vent for an hour. But I'll give them 10 or 10 minutes or so. But to actually actively listen to what they're trying to say, there's something that's triggering that. Their venting is just the symptom of that. But what's listen to really what's going on. So I think to be a really effective leader to create that is you, you really have to listen to the people, listen to what they've got to say and learn to communicate to where they want to listen. There is nothing more important to any of us, I don't believe, whether it be a leader or a team member than to be seen and heard. That is paramount to the trust relationship that's so important in a team and a productive team and not a dysfunctional team. One of the things that I actually heard from Darren Hardy, I don't know if you guys know him, but I get a little thing from him every week. And he was telling the story of a rock tumbler and how all the different rocks go into the rock tumbler, all shapes and sizes, and they're rough and they don't, they don't sparkle. They don't really, they're just who they are. And after tumbling over in this machine for however long, I'm not a rock tumbler, but they come out smooth and shaped and beautiful. And it took that friction of tumbling together to create mm -hmm. something that was absolutely beautiful. And, and that just brought to my mind conflict. How many leaders avoid conflict? And Geoff, based on that analogy, what is the value of conflict and how should we navigate it as especially as new leaders, because I think they have the most problem with that. Yeah. Conflict is challenging for a lot of people, but conflict, if we look at it constructively, can create massive growth. And we have to stay, the hard part about conflict is some people start to go head to head and they start to butt heads versus staying in curiosity and wondering why is somebody presenting conflict? Stay in curiosity is not judgmental, Right. But it's true. It's so true that people are uncomfortable with it because they feel something lacking in themselves. And if they see that in someone else, there's going to be some resistance there. And I think conflict is fine. 
because it shows that you're passionate about something. Now, if you can, with a young leader, where people get confused is they start to, to look at conflict as it's an automatic personality thing and they don't like each other. If they're really, truly passionate about the job, about the goal, about getting there, but it's passion in different ways, I think we should do it this way. I think we should do it this way. And they're really going head to head on how do we get to that goal? That's good conflict. That's the kind of conflict you want because that's going to create innovation. And those people are going to start spouting things off and there's going to be sparks. There's going to be maybe some anger and there's going to be some loud voices. And that's okay because they're passionate about getting to that next step. Now, what the the bad part about conflict is if they start pointing fingers and you and blame and personal and it goes instead of the topic, it goes to personality conflict and they start making fun of each other. That's not a good thing. That's not good conflict. That's the kind that you have to nip in the bud right away and say, wait a minute, we're off topic. We need to stay on target. What are we doing to make this thing move forward? That's a big deal. So being able and really truly having the skill to navigate conflict is a skill that's either A, learned over time, or you need to have somebody help you through that. You need to have a coach, a mentor, somebody that you can talk to about how do I help my team navigate conflict so that we can have a positive outcome. And that's a plug for coaching. Absolutely. We need to plug coaching because we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't think that it could change your life. That's, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just, just the truth of it. But just what you said reminded me of, of the rock tumbling in there. They don't tumble dry. They've, they put in substances. I don't know if it's oil or water or whatever it is to, to guide this process. And I'd see leaders as that, as that substance in there. They don't just let it go willy nilly. They have a a set time for it and they have a purpose for it and they guide the friction, if you will, toward the actual outcome rather than just letting it, gee, I wonder what this surprise will be. And to wrap this up today, I thought it'd be interesting if each one of us could say you might be someone who misses the the diversity of personality if. And give them a symptom or, or something that they may not have noticed. Right off the top, I'm going to say polarity. I've been through that. If your team members are going into little corners, if there is a big polarity jumps between different team members, then that's a real sign that somebody's not being hurt. You're how did they put it? And it's, it's almost political. They gather the teams and they start gathering their their support, if you will, for their position, rather than looking at somebody else's point of view. How about you, Guy? Or what what do you think that they could notice? I would say you may be looking in the wrong place if you're not looking at yourself. That yes, there are Amen. other places. There are other places to look too. But maybe start with some introspection on as the leader of what can I do or what should I stop doing to get a different result in the team. Start with yourself and change and grow yourself as opposed to trying to change and grow other people without any regard for what you yourself need to change. We all know that the only person you can change is yourself. We have no, we have no power over changing other people. They've got to make up their mind to do that themselves. So Dr. Sam. 
I'm going to call back to my original film at the beginning of this episode. And you observe that your team is great. You always get along. You never fight. There's never any struggle. You're missing something. And people are hiding a lot of what's going on in their minds. Not that there should be big conflict, but there should be debate. Should be different points of view. The absence of such is not agreement, it's acquiescence. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. And my happy little G off. (laughs) (laughs) I I think, number one, I think you said it right off the bat was there's Dr. Sam and you both hit the opposite ends of the spectrum. If everything is always hunky-dory and just sunshine, rainbows, kittens, and unicorns, there's something off. But also on the other side, if there's that sense of us versus them, then something is off as well. There's not, there's a lack of, of camaraderie, but there's also that like now they're going to start butting heads versus construction together. Those are two big far ends of the spectrum. Those are the easier ones to see. It's the stuff in the middle that gets a little murky sometimes that you might need an outside perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And as Dr. Sam always reminds us, you cannot read the label from inside the box. It's almost impossible. And without a good mentor, coach, as Jeff Geyer brought up, you can make progress. You can read the books, but until you have somebody else read the label, I don't know that you can see the whole picture. Jeff Conray, wrap us up with your best. Every company's got them, gossips and rumors. I figure gossips and rumors are especially rumors are a cancer for an organization. That's just showing that there's a lack of communication, lack of information. With the lack of information, people will tell stories and they're not accurate. So be transparent as a leader, be overly communicative. I've been told I'm getting way too many emails, way too many, way too much communication. And I look at them, I go, sorry, not sorry. You want to over communicate. So rumors and gossip, keep them to a minimum, keep them in check. And just be aware if if there's a lot of rumors and gossip, Someone's not communicating. So if there's a lot of rumors and gossip, if I put yours and Jeff Geyer together, look to yourself first as for what is causing this. Correct. And be honest with yourself. Okay. Uh, That's going to wrap up this episode, but I hope that you will take a deep look at not only your diversity, which is so important to our success because we're all people. We're all people and we all have something to add. And uh, personalities can be extremely changing, especially when they're on opposite ends of the disc scale and what motivates them. And if you're ever curious about that, we have the cure and it's a a professional assessments that we'd be happy to talk to you about. Or you can actually text us if you have questions on it. And that number is 986-213-0621. Again, 986-213-0621. All of us are very competent in those particular assessments and would love to help you out on it. You can also email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. So we are hoping that you got a good nugget out of this and hopefully two or three and that you can hardly wait to hear us again next week as uh, we continue on this No More Leadership BS podcast. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye